Loyal listeners, if you ever wanted to get an ad-free edition of the HLS podcast, plus get a weekly bonus episode recapping the national picture, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash ndtex. Again, that is patreon.com slash ndtex. You will also get some other exclusive content in the form of posts every week as well. So make sure to join our Patreons, including new Patreons Stacy F. and Shane P., no, not not the other Shane that podcasts with me. It's a different one. But make sure you join them as well as all of our other little Patreons. Thank you all for your support. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the HLS Picks Podcast, the most important thing going on in Notre Dame fandom right now. Of course, you can catch this pod over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. We got at least one more sim left, hopefully two, over at twitch.tv slash Sons. And we are also in Discord having a grand old time, herloyalsons.com slash Discord. You can always find us at HerLoyalSons.com for a month or two. That said, Eddie, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday evening, the 1st of December? I'm I'm great, man. Had a good Thanksgiving with the family. Been, You know, I, I guess I watched a couple football games, but it's been a, a real restful week. Just nice and relaxing. How about you? I mean, I, I've just been kicking back, thinking a lot more about charity. Final Fantasy XIV's got a new expansion coming out. I mean, that's been the biggest thing on my mind for sure. Mm. Uh, had a shrimp po' boy today for lunch. Oh, how'd that story. Had some. It, it wasn't spicy enough. I actually had to put, like, they had some Cajun hot sauce on the table, so I, I, I gussied it up a little bit. Gumbo was pretty solid, too. Had a good trinity going there. I was, I was amused. Strong, um, strong. Anything else, like, uh, I don't know, something else Creole-related seems to be... Is it in the back of my mind somewhere? I don't know. I mean, there is the complete and total upheaval of the of the college football world in chaos that we've had in the last four days or so. Oh, that's right. Uh, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame. Oh, but tonight... Marcus Freeman is your new head coach. Well, not officially. They got to do all the Notre Dame bullshit first, but he will be the new head coach of the Fighting Irish. And uh, I, I see the news so far. Tommy Reese uh, retweeted uh, his video telling the team he's staying with the Wolf of Wall Street. Basically, I'm not fucking going. And, um, and closed it out with, let's go win a fucking national championship. Yeah, fucking Twitter and all that shit. That was... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Man, what an insane last few days. Like, let's, before we get to Notre Dame, let's recap some of the other shit. Oh, man. OU also got coach cucked. Two of the, like, oldest, most historic college football programs had their head coaches sniped away from them within a period of 24 hours. Lincoln Riley going off to USC and taking 
every recruit he had with him. <laughs> including, including having a secret coach <laughs> recruiting on the road for Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, one, like, he took five of his six assistants, one stayed back, and the one that stayed back apparently was already still recruiting for USC. <laughs> My God. Yeah. OU compliance, the, the their Twitter feed. I didn't even know they had a feed until I saw the eyes emoji pop up. <laughs> uh, Florida has since hired a new head coach. They took Billy Napier out of Lulof. Uh, we've had all sorts of upheaval, but obviously the huge news was Monday afternoon, a rumor came out that LSU was interested in Brian Kelly, one that I literally audibly laughed at when I read it. I know you and I had some fun on Twitter about it. And then like three hours later, motherfucker was gone. The the fun stopped real quick. <laughs> All of a sudden, while Notre Dame is on the precipice of the playoffs, BK was like, ah, I'm going to go to LSU. Deuces. Gotta have a new challenge, Eddie. There's alignment over there yeah. in LSU. You know, he may have had assistance literally in recruits' homes when the news broke. <laughs> but hey, you know, what are you going to do? Fucking Tommy Tuberwall looking ass. Oh, man. Uh, first, you know, I, I had mentioned this, and now I can... I have moved uh, from when I did the emergency pod with Shane. We were both in so much shock, and we're like thinking about all the good times. You know, it's it's like when you're, you have a girlfriend that dumps you, and you're just like, you didn't see it coming. And it's like, but but things were good. And then all of a sudden you start thinking about it and you think about how the timing is bullshit. You think about how all of a sudden they're like trying to grab trying to grab your friends from your circle because he's immediately trying to snipe Rees and Freeman. And then you have the playoff committee saying, well, we will take into consideration that Notre Dame does not have a coach. And that could be a criteria for whether or not we decide you belong. And well, that sent to, me over. I'm like, to okay. To be clear, they didn't they didn't necessarily just target Notre Dame with it. They, they, they just were, reminded folks that, hey, yeah. that is on the list because it was very possible that Cincinnati's coach, Luke Fickle, we could have swapped, was going to get sniped by Notre Dame. Yes. Uh, so I, I think that was just a, a warning overall. But uh, shout out to uh, Jason Kirk of the Shutdown Fullcast did a, had a tweet of here's Brian Kelly with all of his assistance that he took from Notre Dame going to LSU. And it's the Nathan for you picture in the corner of the room. <laughs> of, yeah. Here's me and all my friends having a lot of fun. Right. They're just off screen. Yeah. I, I took the uh, picture of Brian Kelly at some point uh, today posed on the field, holding up uh, an L, which is going to be well used because he had a couple ooh, of the, those. That one from the press conference may yeah. or may not already be saved in my phone. Oh, yeah. But he had one where he's on the field and there's just nobody around him. So I'm like, here's a live look at Brian Kelly and his entire LSU staff right now. I Oh, my God. Uh so much fun uh, to catch y'all up just in case you haven't noticed. I mean, it has been crazy. The news is coming out fast and furious. Uh, it started with the news that Tommy Reese was saying, which should have been the signal that, yeah, it's happening with Freeman. Uh, Freeman was confirmed, uh, not officially by the university yet. Uh, Mike Elston has confirmed that he's staying. The report is he will be promoted to defensive coordinator, whom I cannot be happier for. That guy has willingly, been passed up for promotion to defensive coordinator multiple times when he deserved it. 
And he did his job. He stayed head of recruiting. He's been with BK since 2004, I believe. I think I, that's right. Yeah, he's been with them for freaking ever. So the fact that he's like, nah, man, staying. Oh, that was great. Even before that, very first, Bayless not going anywhere. Said he will die at Notre Dame. Which, hey, if you've got the strength coach on your side, you're in good shape. Oh, baby. We also just got news of Lance Taylor, running back Taylor's coach staying. and, and yes. big-time recruiter, also staying. So, yeah, BK, big old, uh, big old offer on coaches snipes from Notre Dame so far. Yeah, so um, apparently uh, I'm taking this from uh, Shane over on his Twitter feed. Uh, he's, he apparently listened. Tim Priester had an instant analysis video up, and he's watched it. He said that uh, Polian will likely take a uh, job, a uh, head coaching job, probably in the Patriot League. Uh, they're thinking okay. it'll be at Lafayette. Uh, Quinn is likely being moved on from. Alexander is well-respected, but it's uncertain. And as far as O'Leary goes, we are not sure. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about any others, but that is what Shane was able to pull. Uh, so <laughs> Quinn, Quinn might be the only guy. <laughs> Which, like, you got a which for some reason for I don't BK? think would uh <laughs> would break too many hearts. And hey, Harry He Stand is not far away. Uh, okay, look, let, let's kill the Harry He Stand rumor meeting. That guy hated wow. recruiting. He is not. He will not come back. He's he's done. But what? But what if he did? Well, no, it's fine. I I have a feeling that uh, Marcus Freeman can start reaching into his network and bring some like minded recruiting fucking hunters. Because this this is a whole new ball game, y'all. This is the youngest coaching staff in college football, basically, at a traditional blue blood. Not only a blue blood, but one that is very well known for having a bunch of old asses all over the place. And we yeah. just got super young in a hurry. Uh, if you're you're working for the AP, it's the first head, black head coach <laughs> in <every day> history. <laughs> Uh, you know, we we're not talking about golf enthusiasts, so it, I think that checks out. <laughs> I mean, I, that was absolutely hilarious. And I got walked over. I'm too excited right now uh, to have the existential crisis yet about the fact that Notre Dame's head football coach is a year younger than me. That's coming eventually. Like, I will feel like I went from the beach from old, which is the beach that <laughs> makes you turn old very soon. But. God, I'm just, I'm so fucking pumped. And, you know, uh, the players have made it very clear how much they love and respect Marcus Freeman and how much they wanted him to be the guy. What it does for recruiting and and just keeping continuity going is huge. And as someone who admittedly, like Monday when this all started and I, you know, was freaking the fuck out and people were asking me who I wanted, my first answer was fickle. Yeah. Purely from the idea of, I don't want to hand the keys to somebody for the first time at Notre Dame. Much, I mean, you will recall, I had these same complaints about Tommy Reese getting the OC job. I, that's a weird place for your first start. But with Freeman, everyone knew he was going to be a head coach within a year or two most. And seems like a, a, you know, much like he was as a player coming up, a blue chip, almost can't fell type guy. And so, you know what? If you think that's what he is, and this is, you have this situation dropped on you, fuck it, man. Give him the shot. Yeah. We've, um, you know, Lincoln Riley, a, a very recent example. 
as much as I hate to ever give this son of a bitch credit. I knew it was about to come. (laughs) Dabo was a coordinator until he became the head coach at Clemson. And he turned a bad Clemson team. Like that team was dog shit when he took over. Mm -hmm. And within three, four years, turned it into what it is. So it can happen. And man, I'm just, I'm fucking excited. I'm excited for the first time in, I don't know. 15 years that I'm going to like my head coach. <laughs> I haven't yeah. been, I haven't. It was like, very much as he's our asshole is what it felt like for a while. And yeah. When this was, I mean, there's plenty of history on the podcast of my thoughts on Brian Kelly. Oh, there, yeah, definitely. You know, it was finally like last year that I tried to bury the hatchet and be like, you know, fuck it. He is, he is a good coach. He's getting the job done. Let's just go with it. But he's always been an asshole. He's always been a son of a bitch. So fuck him. Go go to the SEC. Have fun with Nick every year. <laughs> Don't you just know Saban's looking at shops? I had to talk with my sister today. Uh, she was missing the kiddos. So we had a FaceTime chat. And when we left, it's like, okay, one thing before you go. Auburn is not allowed to lose to LSU ever again. <laughs> no, be like somebody asked me, like, are you, you know, are you going to cheer for him? It's like, no, I hope they get their ass beat. For a couple reasons. One, if he thought Notre Dame fans were bad, ooh, take a look on the Tiger Droppings board, bud. Yep. <laughs> like the first time he loses three games in a season, which will be next year, they are going to be on his ass instantly. Uh, shout out to our our Twitter buddy, uh, Mike Tadow, had maybe the funniest tweet on Monday when the firing got announced. Can you imagine, or when the, the switch got announced, can you imagine Brian Kelly trying to say the word etouffee? Oh yeah, there's there's so much. I I'm like this guy, and he even said it's like, oh, we've never been to Louisiana, my buddy. You are you just went you carpet bagged down into a place that might be in the entire nation a place that really hates outsiders. So have yeah. fun with that and enjoy a whole shit ton of meals that are way too spicy for your vanilla ass. Yeah, I hope he loses six games a year until he gets fired. Well, that still gets him half a million dollars. I'm I'm not done, Ryan. I've thought this through. I then hope he loses all of his buyout money in the Bayou Ponzi scheme that he gets involved with with Ryan Perry (laughs) Luke. I love it. Oh, man, this is so great. All right, well, somehow we are going to get focused. And oh, we, right. This is a pick pod. We got picks, believe yeah. it or not. We've been about 20 minutes. We haven't done a single pick yet. But hey, it is well worth it. We are in strange times. Uh, however, one thing that remains consistent is Eddie finding a way to get a lead on me. F- finding a way. Found a way. He won all three disagreements. He went 8-3-1. and one. I went 5-6-1. and one. Brings Eddie's record to 94-63-4. and four. I am 91, 66, and 4. I am running out of all the runway. This is for $200 to Extra Life. I would normally be pissed about this situation, but I'm so fucking happy. I don't care. We're going to go ahead, and we have a slate of 11 games. We're picking all 11 FBS games, including the one non-conference championship game. Eddie, sir, are you ready to pick some 13th data points? Let's go, baby! 
All right, we start off with the Conference USA title game. This will be at 6 p.m. on CBSN or CBSSN. I forgot a, an S in there. Simpson. Yeah, Simpson. Western Kentucky, a three-point favorite over me, me, UTSA. Total is 73. This is a true home game for UTSA as well. Uh, I'll make sure to list which ones are neutral sites, which ones are true home games in this pod. Eddie, the floor is yours. This feels like a huge overreaction. Uh, this game opened with the Roadrunners as a favorite, but following their, and admittedly, pretty ass-whooping defeat that they took, they lost by 22 to the Mean Green of North Texas last week. Uh, this has jumped all the way to a three-point favorite for Western Kentucky. And Ryan, I am nothing if not a man of principle. That you are. And while it is here only Wednesday, already we have got, and granted this is a Friday game, but we've got 78% of the bets, 90% of the money with over 2,500 bets already. That's typically like our, if, if we've got that many, we've got real data easily. Yes. So that's way too much on Western Kentucky. The Roadrunners at home, and I think this is just a huge overreaction. But here's the thing, Ryan. We've done this before. On October 9th, Western Kentucky was favored by three at Western Kentucky that time. And the Roadrunners won that game by six. Now you put this in San Antonio. I'll give Western Kentucky credit. They put points up like crazy. But between the bets, the line, at home, wanting to bounce back, give me the Roadrunners. I mean, Yep. Uh, I'm going with them, too. Uh, this does feel like, yes, the line is moving. It has moved, you know, uh, five, over five points, almost a full six at this point. Uh, but it, this does feel like an overreaction. It feels like Vegas trying to catch up and get some action on the other side. I honestly don't know how Western Kentucky's favored. Uh, going back on the road, uh I don't know if anybody in UTSA is injured. None of this makes sense. So I'm I'm with you, Eddie. I saw where the line opened, and when the line opened, I'm like, I'll take the Roadrunners by three. Like, well, that, that's what I thought when the line opened. I haven't changed anything, especially seeing that now all the bets are coming in to Western Kentucky side. I know I need to catch up with you, Eddie, but again, I don't care. I'd rather be right because I've been betting my picks. And I still want to make money. I have been making money. Let's keep I making mean, money. Hey, you're coming in at fifty-six and a half. I'm at over eight. I'm, I'm over fifty-eight percent on the year. Like we're putting up stupid fucking numbers yeah. this year. So look, we're we're just gonna keep going with it. All right. So yes, give me the Roadrunners. Uh, let's move to Friday. This is seven p.m. in God's time zone on ABC. This is our first neutral site game. This is the Pac-12 Championship in wonderful Las Vegas where Oregon and Utah will square off once again. 58 points is the, or 58 and a half is the total. Two and a half is the spread here. And that is for the Utah Utes who last time absolutely embarrassed Oregon. Oregon got back on track against their rival, but I don't see any reason why history is going to change all of a sudden. I don't think Mario Cristobal is all of a sudden going to figure something out that's going to swing the results of the game that much. Maybe it won't be as murdery, 
but I still like what Utah did to the Ducks. They were able to throw a physical game at them that they could not handle. Oregon State, for whatever reason, could not. They fell behind early, and they just could not catch up. As long as Utah has the same game plan, they don't shoot themselves in the foot. I still like them in this one. Go ahead and give me the Utes to head to the Rose Bowl. Who do you got, Eddie? Yeah, you know, we talk a lot about how tough it is to beat the same team twice in quick succession. And and a lot of times I like flipping the pick on that, but but that's when it's a close game. It was a 38-7 ass-whooping. Nothing has happened in the last two weeks to give me a 28-point swing here. Right. You know, I, I know it's tough to do twice, but, you know, look, yeah, Oregon beat Oregon State, but uh, that's that's not enough to swing the, the stick for me. And the other kind of underlying thing that could be a problem is I'm guessing that Mario Cristobal's been getting a lot of calls with a 305 start to the number. <laughs> Manny Diaz has not officially been fired, but the AD's already out, and it sure doesn't sound like Manny's long for the world, and you got to figure Cristobal is at the top of that list. So even if he's not going, he's going to be a little divided, and I think Utah is going to be more amped for this. You know, Oregon's been to the Rose Bowl. Oregon's been in the playoffs. I feel like Utah is going to be more into that shot, and I just flat out think they're a better team. I mean, they didn't lose to Stanford. This so, is true. This is very true. <laughs> give, me, give me the Utes. Yeah, and there's also a Trivino may be making a business decision. If it ends up going the way it went earlier, it's like, <laughs> nope, get to take a few mm, steps yeah, off, Hammy, buddy. Hammy's not feeling good, coach. I'm uh, I'm gonna sit the rest of this one out. <laughs> also, I'm not going to the Alamo Bowl. Y'all have fun. Yeah, right. All Mail right. me my commemorative belt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could buy like fifty of those. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we're heading to the MAC. This is a neutral site game over at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan where Kent State, as a three-point favorite, takes on Northern Illinois. Eddie, I do believe this is the first Mac game, Mac team involved that we've picked yet. So who do you got in this one? Yeah, I don't know shit about either one of these teams, <laughs> not going to lie. I, I have watched less Mac this year than usual. I'll, I'll turn it on for a midweek game, but we really haven't picked these games. Nobody's been really worth a shit this year. So there hasn't really been any intrigue. I mean, we're this is a six and a six and five versus seven and four team. There's the Maction has not really provided this year. No, it hasn't. Uh, Kent State won their last two games, and NIU is coming off a 21 point loss to Western Michigan. So I'm gonna take Kent State. I'm almost tempted to disagree with you, just to to be different. Please, please do. Feel <laughs> well, free. Uh, well, I know, but here's the thing. I, I'm sitting here looking at some numbers, and while NIU has a better number against the spread, they are 7-4-1. As a favorite, Kent State is 5-1. and one. That's pretty good. That's really good. I'm going to stick with that number. I don't know. I th- you got to catch up somehow, Ryan. I, I, I do, but I also can't be stupid. <laughs> and that- I, I, I think the last seven years of this podcast have shown us otherwise. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Big 12 title game. This is at AT&T Stadium. The Death Star over in Arlington, Texas. 
11 a.m. in God's time zone on ABC, Baylor and Oklahoma State, where Oklahoma State is a five-point favorite. I'm amazed you're not making me pick this first, by the way. Well, I this has... I, I really should. I, I should have like maneuvered this to where I had this first in the 11 a.m. slot. But here's what I'm going to do. I didn't say I need to catch up, Eddie. There's something else we need. We need Oklahoma State to lose this fucking game. That'd be good. I'm going to pick with my heart here. I'm going to pick with my heart. This is This is probably a very bad pick. I understand it. I know I shouldn't do it. And really, I mean, yeah, more action is on Oklahoma State, but it's it's not that much. And there's a weird reverse line movement. It's it's moved a point and a half down, even though there's more action on Oklahoma State. So I'm not sure what's going on, but picking with my heart here. I really think Baylor. I mean, that was the only other tough game that Oklahoma State had. And like you said, Eddie, you don't really want to go back to back very quickly. Baylor's had time to stew on this one. They've had a lot of time to stew on it. And after they lost to Oklahoma State, they turned shit around and played so much better throughout the rest of the season. So there is some logic here, but I won't lie. Picking with my heart. I hope Eddie isn't picking with his. So I'm going to go against the Cowboys and take the Bears. Rawr! You got. Uh, well, Ryan, you, you made the rawr sound. Could I interest you in a bear fact? Rawr again! In... The college football playoff era since 2014, when a Power 5 team has been a favorite of greater than four points in a championship game, they are 27-1 and one, straight up. That sucks. It's not, not great for what we're hoping for. Uh, that's very true, especially considering some of these other numbers I'm looking at. Yeah, the bigger <laughs> issue for me, because I, I, I would love to take Baylor. Again, I would love to go with my heart. Problem is, their quarterback's still hurt, and we don't know if he's going to play. This is true, and this is terrifying. And if you don't have Jerry Bohannon behind the center, that means you go down to the backup Shapin. And the problem is, Bohannon can move. You get a little dual threat there. Shapin, statuesque has been used to describe him in the past. He is not a speedy man. (laughs) And with Oklahoma State's defense... If you take away things they have to worry about and let them key that much harder, that's not good for you. Now look, with all of the turnovers and all the idiocy of that game last weekend against OU, I would love to pick against Oklahoma State. But as we've often gone back to on these picks, Oklahoma State has a hell of a lot more to play for than Baylor does. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State wins, they're in the playoff. If you're talking for real betting, wait for the info. Wait to see if the quarterback's going to come back. That's going to change things considerably. I just, it's hard to pick against the cover gods that are the Oklahoma State Cowboys this year. Give me the pucks. All right, I need them. I need them to be, this is the moment I need them to turn on you. Huge happiness hedge for me. Yes, I'm more I'm more than happy to give you this point. <laughs> All right, let's move to 2 p.m. on Fox, where we're going to have a Mountain West tilt. Now, this one's interesting because it is a home game. However, I don't know if we could define it as true home. San Diego State is actually having their facilities redone and their field redone. So they are now playing at Dignity Health Sports Park, which might be the most hilarious fucking name 
of a stadium. I saw that on ESPN. I'm like, wait a second. What the fuck is that? I thought this was a home game. Uh, kind of, at least for this season. San Diego's- only like two hours away from campus now. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, it's it's closer to that, their campus in Utah State. So, I mean, neutral True. shite. Shite. Neutral site <laughs> I No, I mean, with how that field looked last week, neutral shite is also appropriate. Uh, this is very true. Uh, but anyway, San Diego State, your Aztecs, and Brady Hoke. Oh, my God. I can't believe he's going for a conference title right now. Five and a half point favorite. 50 is the total. Eddie, fire away, sir. Punk God? Punk God. Punk God. I The focus is going to be on San Diego State's defense as it has all year. I think if they score 17, they're good with this line. Neither of these teams is great against the number, but I think San Diego State on the whole is better. Uh, it continues to pain me to give credit to Brady Hoke. But he's done a <laughs> fucking phenomenal job with this team. He, he just got out of the shithole that was Ann Arbor. I mean, sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. But uh, I, I like what this team does on defense. You've still got the punk god. Give me, uh, give me the text. Punk god. Oh, we got breaking news, Eddie. Breaking news. Chris O'Leary will return to Notre Dame. <laughs> That's another assistant. Down. All right. <laughs> this is so great. So we got, I mean, <laughs> so you figure maybe he bump. you assume Elston bumps up to D.C. and you give O'Leary the entire secondary? I, I guess. I, I don't know. We'll see. This is <laughs> it's still just, it's this great. This is great. <laughs> it's so, uh, maybe, I think it was... Feldman maybe referenced the uh, the old story of Nick Saban sent a plane to Michigan State to pick up his assistance when he went to LSU and it returned empty. <laughs> it turns out when you uh, maybe leave in the middle of the LSU. night for LSU, people don't really want to follow. I, I like. We also have a tweet from Bridget Go Irish, uh, who who does some wonderful designs, makes some great shirts uh, for rakes and Christmas giving every year. It's like the Jersey scene in Rudy, except one by one, every coach is telling Kelly to eat shit. <laughs> also, also, the main character isn't a huge piece of shit. Yeah, there we go. All right. <laughs> one more before we take a break. <laughs> Longest picks pod ever. It's great. We got some fun belt action, baby. This is a true home game for the Raging Cages of Louisiana, a Louisiana team you could get behind. They are, however, home dogs to App State by three points. 53 points is the total. We have, well, we've picked uh, some games involving Fun Belt teams, including the Raging Cajuns. And apparently, I actually had this number reversed at some point, Eddie. I don't know if I, I screwed it up or not. Action Network is saying that Louisiana opened up as a two and a half point favorite and it's now flipped all the way to App State. So, hmm. yeah, no, that that's what that, that Sportsline has as well. That that does appear to be a thing. Uh, so, which I mean, it it makes sense given the idea that Billy Napier, Lulas head coach, was just announced just, as Florida's head coach. Right. Weekend, so, oh man, I don't like that big of a swing though. But I also don't like that you have a, a rudderless ship with the Cajuns. Boy, there's there's a lot of principles in play here, including the fact that well, there's still less than two K bets, but right now, and, and I'm sure a lot of these were made before Napier jumped ship, but right now the public is 
on Louisiana. Man, I would like if App State was still an underdog here. You know what? Fuck it. Let's go ahead and go with App State. A little bit more stability. I have a feeling you're going to go with the Cajuns, so we're, we're going to take uh, a gamble. I sure am. And you know why, Ryan? Why? Well, I mean, part of it is due to the fact that these teams played once before and Luloff won 41 13. Yeah, there's that. So again, again <laughs> I, I don't see a 30 point swing here. Well, but, uh, head coach is the thing, man. Uh, well, that's the thing, Ryan. Billy Napier is coaching this game. Oh, I'm sure he he's it, got his full focus there. He made it very clear to Florida that he ain't coming. His None of his staff is coming. They are all in on this championship game. And after that, like, they're not worried about the bowl, but they are winning this title. And that was like a, a point of contention for the contract negotiation. So I... I don't know what it's like to have a coach who would care that much to not abandon their team in the middle of the <laughs> night like that. I, I'm sure it's nice. Uh, but no, I, I think that the team is going to want to go out, finish the job, and win this deal. And again, even without that, what ha- a head coach ain't worth 30 points. It could be era motherfucking Parsegian. He ain't worth 30 points. I'm sorry. <laughs> Give me Luloff. All right. Well, we have five more games, and I don't know what we're if. Maybe there'll be more coaches that tell BK to go fuck off. We'll find out right after this. All right, we are back, and Eddie, we got more breaking news. More breaking news. Yeah, Mike Mickens will return as the quarterback's coach at Notre Dame. <laughs> Man, let's fucking go. The boys <laughs> what, are still in town. Well, what is Quinn doing right now? <laughs> He's actually in there trying to convince Freeman to let him stay. <laughs> I always hated that asshole. No, please, please. There's a reason I didn't come with him when he left Cincinnati. I stayed away. He made me come back. <laughs> don't let me go, please. I don't want to go fucking live in the bayou. I don't want to be around those crazy Cajun asses. They will eat him. Literally uh, eat him. Hey, you deep fry that boy. You be tasty. <laughs> Tastes just like Gator. Uh, <laughs> God, what a whiplash going from Coach O to the like absolute polar ass opposite. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, all right. Well, for the last time. In HLS history. We got the SEC title game 3 p.m. on CBS Central Time. This is a a neutral site, but uh, Alabama, I think, has made a second home in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So is Georgia. I was going to (laughs) say, it is Atlanta, so... uh... This, this feels like it, it happens every year. It's Batman and Joker. They are destined to do this forever. However, Georgia However? is the, pay, uh, the favorite this time around. Six and a half points is the spread. The total is 49 and a half. Eddie, you have the floor, sir. <sighs> I'm Ryan. glad to see that you're just as stressed as I am about this pick. Ryan, do we have principles because they're easy? No, we do not have principles because they are easy. No, we have principles because it's what we're supposed to follow. 82% of the bets, 84% of the money are on the dogs. 
with over seven and a half thousand bets, which is a lot for this. Um, I hate this. I hate everything about this. Georgia is clearly the best team in the country. Alabama has looked good most of the year, coming off a just horrific performance in the Iron Bowl that they would have lost if, I mean, you know, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that Brian Harson didn't take a shot when he should have with the two-point conversion. Yeah, I, I made that joke on the Patreon podcast. Actually, it wasn't more uh, of a joke. It was more me screaming at him. Uh, <laughs> thanks for your dollar, everybody, for letting me get some Auburn anger out. I tossed in a bit of Angie, a- Angie, Aggie Ang- anger in there. Yeah, I don't no, a- Aggie anger, Angie. A- a- <laughs> You have to you have to give a fake salute though when you do it. <laughs> and I need to see if Reveille barks or not. Anyway, I they should have lost that game. I hate this. I I'd, I'd feel a lot better if it was even at 7. But damn it, Ryan, we don't just follow principles when it's easy. The buildings are tall and shiny for a fucking reason. I'm going to saddle up behind that counter. Roll motherfucking tied. Would would it not be peak Georgia to lose this game? Oh, yeah. And it would fuck everything up because Georgia needs to win this game. Because Alabama winning this means there will be two fucking SEC teams. And that just screws everything up. Like, if for Irish playoff hopes, you need Georgia to win this. However, Eddie, I got a question for you. Yes. Is there another chair back there behind the counter? Uh, there, there is right here, right next to me. You know what? I'm going to sit there. I'm going to hand you this piece of paper that, uh, comes from stats of war over on Twitter. He is a good TCU fan. He does a lot of advanced analytics. Do you know what his analytics say, Eddie, the projected score of this game is? I do not. Alabama 33.85. Yes. This is averaging things out. I know there's no fractional points, people. I still, that's a very high number. To 33.63. Your win probability for Alabama is 50.61%. I was not expecting that at all. I saw that. I'm like, oh, baby. I feel like there's some secret gold I have here. Let's see how line that line goes. Let's see if it keeps going up. There's four. I'm a little bit nervous. Oh, we're going. We're going to six now. We're almost at a full touchdown. In real life, you know I'm buying that hook, Eddie. If I don't see it keep going, and it could. It could very well rise with the way that this line's going. Look for it at seven. Shot for it at seven. If you can't find it, force it to go to seven. Tide's going to keep this one close, y'all. This is just what Nick Saban does. They haven't played Georgia yet. And when, when do you ever get near a touchdown with Alabama? Yeah. And and we have seen this all. Now, I know Georgia's defense is incredible. Alabama's offensive line has shown some issues here and there. Auburn, that pass rush wrecked them. Texas A&M, that pass rush wrecked them. Georgia's pass rush will wreck them. But, Eddie, what was Alabama? In, was Alabama in striking distance against Auburn and Texas A&M? They were. Yeah, those are single-score games, y'all. That was because the other teams could not score points. Alabama's defense is not great, and I mean great by Bama standards. It is still functional. It is still very good. It is still coached by Nick fucking Saban, 
who still always owns his assistants, especially in the real big games, the ones that really matter. Still, still never lost one. So, well, he lost. Was Jimbo a former assistant? I couldn't remember. Oh, I guess. So, yeah, Jimbo was the first. Yeah, yeah Jimbo, Jimbo was, was the first. first. Jimbo was the first. You're right. Fucker. Anyways, <laughs> and then he went fucking 500. Awesome. Great contract. <laughs> right right up there with Brian Kelly. Like, both of them are just going to be raking in cash. And well, I don't know. Jimbo didn't get an extra 500K just for making a bowl. Yeah, but his entire contract's guaranteed. Well, I mean, BK's is 90% guaranteed until he wins a national title. Fucking. <laughs> the best part about that contract was right after the, the incentives at the very bottom was the APR incentive at 50K. Yeah. <laughs> Next to that, all the big numbers. I, my, my favorite is actually the AD slipping in the poison pill that on the is, buyout. That's some fucking 4D chess right there. Like, that is, that's, that is Woodward saying, basically, it's like, hey, guys, I know this is a lot of money. You think this is bullshit? You can fire me and then tell him to go fuck off. That's what that, that clause is. It's incredible. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. that's... Oh, go ahead, Eddie. Sorry. I was just going to say, is it worth being so pissed off at me for the 2 to $8 million it will cost you? <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, uh, I am taking the tide. I think they will at the very least keep this one close for Irish sake. I I still think Georgia's going to pull this off. That defense is too good. But Eddie, I'm right there with you. The principles are there. The stats are there. Let's go. I'm glad we're together on that one. I I am as well, especially since I took two other random shots out here. (laughs) Next up, this is a true home game. Since he's got to play themselves a real football team for the first time since they came to South Bend. They, fortunately, are at home as a 10.5-point favorite against Houston. This is 3 p.m. at ABC. Would very well help the Irish if they're going to win this one. So for the American Championship, Eddie, again, I I bet with my heart earlier. But Baylor, right? Yep. I'd love to do it again, Eddie. There's a slight fucking problem. What's what's that, Ryan? Seventy five percent of the bets and ninety two percent of the money are with Houston, and the line has moved from eleven and a half to ten and a half for Cincinnati. Nope, not doing it. Give me Cincy. A lot, of, <laughs> lot, of, lot of action on it too. Oh my god! Yeah, there. I think it's a four K bets. Action Network is showing. Yeah, it. Uh, look, it it feels like way too many points. But as you said, the world is all over it. And again, when it comes to who has more to play for, Cincinnati has fucking everything to play for. And they're keeping their right, coach. It's for certain now. Right, well, yeah, right now they're still sweating even with a win, even going undefeated. They've they've done it before and not made it. And they could see themselves being like, okay, if Bama beats Georgia or Georgia wins at the last second, could Bama somehow jump us? And then Okie State jumps us. And then Michigan's already ahead of us. Like, it's very easy to do the math on them getting left out. So they need to make a statement and be like, no, fuck you. We are a good-ass football team. You can't take us out. As you mentioned, they know that Fickle's not going to Notre Dame. And Fickle, I thought the comments he made yesterday of, yeah, Notre Dame might be open. I don't know. I don't give a shit. I'm I'm here coaching this team. Like he said all the right things. It was the he's best. Be in- it was the best denial. It was a good ninety second concise answer. Yes, it and he'll be in the good. locker room saying, "What? Fuck! I'm going there. Fuck no! I wouldn't. 
that already happened to you with one coach. I'm not doing that. I'm staying here. I love being here and lie his ass off, whatever. I And at the end of the day, I also think Cincinnati is a better football team. I don't like giving two scores. I but don't either. With, with everything else in there, I'll I'll happily take the Bearcats here. Yeah, and I, I will buy that hook down for safety sense as well. As well. Guaranteed. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yes. So far, we're in alignment. Let's see what happens on. The, we're moving to primetime now, Eddie. And of course, the ACC title game. It's the one we all predicted, right? Of course. 7 yeah. p.m. at ABC. This is a neutral site game over at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte featuring Wake Forest and fucking Pitt. Two and a half points. Pitt is favored. What a world. What a fucking world, Eddie. Uh, go ahead and throw the total out there for the kids, would you? 71 and a half. <laughs> What's going to be higher, the amount of points in this game or the attendance of this game? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very, very good question. Uh, um, and, and yeah, I did have the line on this one reverse as well, Eddie, including the opener. So this did open with Pitt at three and a half, just in case you need the reference. Yeah. Our no, spreadsheet I, was a little wonky. I appreciate that. Um, this, I, this is either the toughest or the second toughest game on this board to pick. I think, uh, I know that typically you want to take the points in a shootout and Lord knows we're probably going for a shootout, but two and a half isn't really, (laughs) it's not really points in a shootout. Uh, Pitt's a lot better against the number. They're eight and three against the spread compared to wake six and four. When looking at their losses, and how they played in those games, I feel a lot better about Pitt than I do Wake. Yeah, especially closing out the year. Like that Wake performance against Clemson. You know, you and I were both on Clemson in that game, but Clemson kind of beat their ass. Yep. They they said, hey guys, guess what? We figured it out. You're fucked. And and to Clemson's credit, they played a hell of a lot better the second half of the year than they did to open. But still, that was a that was a bad performance, and I think when it comes to ACC defenses, which is as big of a caveat as you can give, Pitt has one of the better defenses. And you know what? Fuck it, man. Kenny Pickett in his twenty seventh year of eligibility. Let's go with the vet. You know what? It feels crazy picking Kenny Pickett in a big game like this, but it's a chaos year. Let's fucking ride. Give me the Panthers. You know what? It would be real easy to go against you here. But I got, a, I got a father-in-law that's a Pitt alum. He's pumped about this. I'm pumped for him. Pitt is 9-3 and three against the number. All of them as a favorite, according to Action Network. Their last 10, they're 8-2. and two, And Eddie, you hit the point I was going to make if you didn't make it. And that was if... I need to figure out what's going to happen in this game. It's it's going to be who's going to get a stop here and there. I like Pitt to actually stop somebody. I don't like Wake. As good as Clemson looked and has looked these past couple of weeks getting it back together, much like Notre Dame, it's easy to get shit back on track when you pick on really piss poor defenses. And that's basically what happened to Wake. Wake is the equivalent of a wet fucking paper bag. I do not like that defense. I do not like them to be able to get any stops here. And... They have this habit. I mean, you remember when they were boat racing North Carolina? Then they let them all the way back in. They they have a they have a habit of just fucking things up. So 
Go ahead and give me Pitt as well. We will we will take some big cats in this one. Oh boy, Eddie, we got a Sophie's choice in this next one. <laughs> yeah. It is the Big Ten title game. We're Michigan. Oh, this is a neutral site game over in India at Lucas Oil Field. Hey, shout out. First off, shout out to Holly Anderson. Open the fucking roof for this game. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God, that'd be amazing. Yes, absolutely do it for this because the total's 43 and a half. We got ourselves a rock fight on our hands. Despite said rock fight, Michigan is a 10 and a half point favorite. Oh. Looking at the, the sheet here, I'm different in two picks. Right now, there's a little bit Do more it. money on Michigan. Not that Do much. It. Do it. Eddie, you know what? This is this is the last you know time we're, we're going to gather here and, and pick a slate of regular season games, at least. Mm-hmm. There may be one more time we have to pick against Michigan. That pick may be a little bit easier. Really hard to look at Iowa and go, oh, buddy, can can that offense put any points together to stop Michigan? I got some in-laws. Again, we, we got family, Eddie. We got family with the Hawkeyes here. Got some in-laws that are alumnus, or alumni, rather, both, both husband and wife. I also really fucking hate Michigan. I hate that they got to be happy with Ohio State. I feel like the natural order of things are fucked up that they're number two in the nation. I know it's a long shot. I know I need more points, Eddie. But you know what? We got Army-Navy. I only need two. I am not going down on this podcast picking Michigan. I don't care who you pick, Eddie. Fuck Michigan. Give me the Hawkeyes. Because that's worked so well for me in the past. (laughs) It it is beautiful of of our lore-ridden teams. Iowa and Okie State, I think, are our top two for <laughs> cannot for believe this they're, they're both history. playing for titles. What the fuck? <laughs> I God, I hope they get. How perfect would it be for them to get matched up in a ball game? Oh, oh my! I God. don't, I don't have a clue how that happens, but it would be magical for us. I, I, I might leave that off the sheet. <laughs> no, there, there's one bowl game we will be leaving off the sheet, but it, it would not be that one. We would need that one. We'd need like a, a half hour mini episode about that one. <laughs> um, look, at the end of the day, fuck Michigan. That's we, we are men of principle, as has been well decided. That is one of the most important ones. You've got a, a total in the 40s with 10, po- 10 plus points. That's too many. I think that you're actually going to have a emotional letdown from Michigan after finally getting over the OSU slot. Easily. Like, I, and I, I'm with you. It's funny. I actually, Monday morning, had a, a thought in my head of tweeting something about how, like, disgusted I was with the amount of Michigan love that had been happening on my timeline. And I was like, eh, no, whatever. Don't even tweet it. And then obviously the BK stuff happened and I was like, huh here. I thought that was the worst thing that was going to be on Twitter (laughs) this week, Uh, but it is disgusting. Like Michigan is as unlikable a program as there is. And the fact that they've gotten their asses kicked for a decade now makes people feel sympathy for Michigan. It it's disgusting. And I hate it. I I listened to the shutdown full cat or the, the late night full cast after they went to the game 
and they were talking about how great a time they had. And I was just like, I, I thought I knew you people. What is this? This is right? disgusting. But look, at the end of the day, we also know that Iowa likes making games dumb as fuck and turning them into rock fights, as you mentioned. And that's what they're going to do here. You're giving me two plus scores. Yeah. Give me, give me the Hawkeyes. All right. Look at that. Well, we got one more game, Eddie. It's not for any title. However, is it is it for bowl eligibility? It is for bowl eligibility. Is it? What? Wait, for wait. who? You know what? It is only for bowl eligibility with APR bullshit. For whatever reason, I thought which, one of them had five wins. Which guess what? There is no APR bullshit this year. Oh really? We, all, we not only is there no APR bullshit. One qualifying team isn't going bowling. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This game is for literally nothing. Amazing. Well, this is the COVID rescheduled game between SC and Cal, where Cal is a four point favorite in a five and a half, uh, five and a half, 58 and a half point total. This will be a little nightcap, if you wish. If you really want to have some Pac-12 after dark at 10 p.m. on FS1, I suggest you you grab your grab grab your favorite beverage. I'm like my, I'm already mentally gone from HLS right now with everything. <laughs> it's been it's been a long day. It, it, it's been it's, a, long it has been a week. day, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> what a week, right? Lemon. It's Wednesday. <laughs> All right, uh, but anyway, um, Eddie, floor's yours. I hate it. I don't want to do it. We have we have dueling principles here of obviously fuck USC. But 61%, 76% on Cal. Jackson Dart is starting. Oh, that and, went real well last week. Well, actually for USC it did. They should have gotten their asses kicked, but sadly they continued to fight, which cost me about $650 when they fucking covered the spread and broke it, my goddamn parlay. It, 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 it cost me far less, but it cost me money. <laughs> it was, that was, the worst part is I didn't have time to hedge it. And I was like, ah, you know, maybe I can get a live line hedge and it just didn't present itself. I got a little bit of a hedge at halftime, but still. Costly for your boy. Uh, but... I, I will give the team credit. That is a team that very easily could have quit, but they didn't. They they kept fighting back against a better team and made it a ball game. And now you add in the Lincoln Riley hire, and you've got great vibes for him. And all, I mean, not only did you get Lincoln Riley, but he brought along with him a cavalcade of four and five stars from Oklahoma that have now flipped their commitments. And already a bunch of guys entering the transfer portal who are probably also going to end up at SC. Like all of a sudden things are looking way up in Southern California, which pains me to no end. And on the other side of the ball, you've got a Cal team that got their asses beat down by UCLA and is also not good. So I hate doing it, but give me USC. Eddie, this will for sure. Be the last game that we ever pick that involves Southern Cal. There's no doubt about that. We we just it's true. we just true. made it known they're not gonna be a bowl game. And Eddie, I will be damned if I go out of HLS picking these fucking assholes. <laughs> 
Lincoln Riley, does he coach defense? Well, wait, he brought Grinch over. I don't care if he's coaching this week. Did you see the bullshit that OU's been throwing out there? No, I don't think so. Oh, Lincoln Riley's there. He got a bunch of five-star recruits. Are they fucking playing this week? No. Man, no. everybody's going to be looking how to sign up. They're like, hey, Spence. Spencer, are you coming over here? Tell us how like to get a fuck ton of money for sucking ass. Because this is what we all are. <laughs> And we need to figure out how to get the bag because we're not going anywhere. We, we know that this is the case. Drake London is going to be like miles elsewhere <laughs> in, in this one. If he's on the field, he will be running the laziest Wait, ass he's, route. He's done. He's hurt. Oh, he's that's on. right. He's gone. Okay. Even better. <laughs> so now you got no weapons. You got Jackson Dart. Okay. Yeah, I trust him. Look, yeah, they did fail to cover, but they were getting fucking throttled. That's when bowl eligibility was on the line. Now it's not. Cal knew that they didn't have bowl eligibility, like probably at the beginning of the season. Now they get a chance, all that momentum, everything, and they had to have been so pissed off that this game got fucking pushed back because of some crazy bullshit with their local laws and everything. Like they've been doing everything right, and now they got to fucking play a December game after everybody's doing a conference title. They're at home. I don't think that's going to matter. I don't think SC gives a shit. They don't. There's a team that's going to quit harder, and it's those fucking Hollywood assholes. So Mr. Southern Cal enthusiast, Eddie Mack, not a chance in hell. We are indeed differing on three games. Give me Cal. Bears. Rawr. <laughs> well, well played. Love it. Well played. I really didn't think you were going to take Southern Cal. I cannot believe that worked out as well as it did. Now, I'm you know, probably still not going to catch up, but we still have the potential to make Army and Navy fucking worth something. And I swear to God, if it comes down to it, I am going to be absolutely fucking floored. We've got so we've got three differing. You have the possibility to tie it up, Ryan. I do have the possibility to tie think it up. If, if you at least get two, then we can we can bring in the total as we have in the past. Yep. Uh, and, and we can do the tiebreaker of closest to the pin. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we, pre precedent has been set. We have, uh, we have plenty of things in the hopper for this. Uh, good news is it's not going to matter. Uh, cause, <laughs> cause I'm gonna beat your best ass. Cause that's what I do. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that confidence goes. It's just, you know what? You shot a three, you drained it, but you know what? When you shoot threes, that's a, that's a streaky habit. You can go back to back on that real quick. I think I've shown over the years that I'm Steph Curry in this motherfucker. <laughs> All right, but there we go. Man, it's been a great night. This has easily been like the least amount of games we picked all season since week zero. By far the longest picks pod we had because we talked more about Notre Dame and the coaching situation than anything else. Uh, so far, um, Nobody else uh, that I've seen is is staying there. So uh, Dell Alexander and uh, Jeff Quinn don't know what you're up to, uh, but oh baby, you in trouble. <laughs> you know, Ryan, I earlier today was thinking about this podcast and, and had all sorts of angry things that I was going to say about a certain person. But you know, I'm I'm I sit here, I'm 36 years old. I've I've tried to grow a lot as a person over the last few years. I've tried to let go of anger, 
tried to let go of hatred, you know? And at the end of the day, this is, this is just, it's like Lane Kiffin said, this is just football. You shouldn't hate someone just based on the team that they root or coach for. That motherfucker was lying. I saw his ass on the Egg Bowl sidelines. <laughs> yeah, and, and Ryan, here's the thing. I haven't grown a goddamn bit. Yes. Brian Kelly, you son of a bitch. You know good. And look, I get it. Yes, we were kind of the homewrecker and took the married guy and were surprised that the married guy then stepped out on us too. I get that. <laughs> but you chicken shit little bitch. You finally had the program where you thought you wanted it. On the precipice, you were five days away from potentially being in the playoffs. And what did you do? You ran. You ran. You know what? Enjoy the money. I'm glad you're getting paid. I much shout out to, if, if you haven't listened to it, the Inside the Garage podcast that's hosted by a couple of the uh, current Notre Dame players, including... One of should have been Broyles Award semifinalists, Kyle Hamilton. Uh, they did an emergency pod Monday night, and I was floored by their maturity and professionalism and how well they took it. Uh, but that ain't me. I ain't mature. I ain't professional. And I carry grudges. What are Brian your thoughts Kelly on Aaron Taylor? Yeah. I, uh, I can't wait for Pat Ford and Aaron Taylor to show up and tell us how we're racist for hiring Marcus Freeman <laughs> because we once fired Ty. Pieces of shit. <clears throat> Brian Kelly's going to get destroyed in the SEC, and I can't wait. I'm so glad I no longer have to defend him. He is a garbage person. He's always been a garbage person. You know what's a great idea, Ryan? What's a great idea, Eddie? If you're Brian Kelly, go somewhere where you're guaranteed three hurricane games a fucking year. <laughs> Keep chucking it 60 times each, you fuck. I hope you lose six games a year, and then I hope they deep fry your ass and chop you up into Boudin. I hope every single day you step on a Lego, and that Lego has a little toxin on it. And it's not poison, it's not going to kill you, but you know what it's going to do? It's going to make your dick a little bit smaller, and it's going to make your balls a little bit bigger. So that after enough time, you're going to look like Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's neighbor, and you're going to sit on your fucking balls like Mr. Belvedere, and you can't get a heart on while you're losing six times a year. Fuck you, Brian Kelly. Oh, that was Hell good. Gambler. That was good. Go Irish. I love it. And go Marcus Freeman. Let's fucking go, boys. You want some good uh, news in the pot, Eddie? Let's go. Yes, of course. I don't know how much... I, I don't follow recruiting that much, but... I don't know if you saw my eyes about pop out of my head because something did, did pop up on the Twitter timeline. Uh, that was Carnell Tate. He is a five-star composite on 24-7. He is one of the top wide receivers. We're battling with Ohio State. He just posted a picture of himself in Notre Dame gear with the caption Glee. Okay. Oh, buddy. Okay. Oh, buddy. Get me excited right now. Give me a five-star fucking wide receiver. Oh, yes. I love it. Uh, I, I appreciate you letting me get that last little cathartic rant out. Uh, the the Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend thing sent me. <laughs> I, I try. I try. But kids, it's, it's good to be Irish. I, it is 
perfectly reasonable to be a little nervous about handing the keys to a 35-year-old first-time head coach. It's crazy. Like, this is, we are in an unprecedented world, but we are in so many ways. And if you look at the love and respect that the players and the recruits and his fellow coaches have for him, I, I don't know how you could be anything but excited for Marcus Freeman. So, hey, let's, let's get crazy. Maybe things break the right way this weekend and we still get in the playoffs. And we can show Brian Kelly just what he lost. And he ain't coming to the ring ceremony. He ain't getting a trophy. Fuck that guy. He left. He gone. But you know what? This is the start of a long-term, beautiful thing. So once again, and as always, go Irish. Hail Gambler. All right, and that is going to wrap up the regular season picks. Thank you very much for joining us and, and all the, the coaching rants and happiness there in between. Podcast, subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast feeds at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sons for the eventual sim, herloyalsons.com slash discord. And of course, you can find us at least for the next couple of months over at herloyalsons.com. Until next time, y'all, go Irish. Put us in the fucking playoff. Let's go win a fucking national title. Have a good one. <laughs>